Hey y'all. Hey y'all year. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Welcome back to another episode of Coast with you naturally. I am AJ. I'm Chani. Um I am currently separated from reality. I'm drifting in the nothingness that is my life. You can call me Q though. Well, okay. And um, on that note, welcome. <laughs> um, no thoughts. Yeah. Just vibes. No thoughts. Just vibes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, guys. Uh, how, how? Okay. Sexy. So how how art thou? I don't know what's going on with this blur. Yeah, well, like it doesn't like you. The Matrix every so often. What if I told you? What's going on right now? Um, okay, Yo, a, my gosh! I have a background. Hey, um, you know we're live. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that is true. That is true. Upright and breathing is the name of the game today, fam. Yeah, yeah. I think the the best we could do this week is that way we showed up. We here. We sure did. I want y'all to know that viewers, this is the third recording today. Okay. No, it's not. It is. We absolutely did not do any other recordings today. Uh, this is the only one. <laughs> no, we're oh god. We wanted to make uh, sure we got you all the content you could. <laughs> yeah, I gave you some content. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you some content open wide. Damn, y'all can't see my titties moving. Hey, listen, keep the girls at bay. <laughs> and you know what? That's quite all right. That's all right. We don't, it's not for display. I'm not king shaming, but I'm just saying, hey, let them, let, let them, let them chill. You know what I'm saying? Titties. Um, does anybody have an L of the week? Cool. I do. Hi. Hello. Um, Unless you are me uh, and a loved one. Um, and like the you are a loved one talking to me or to other loved ones. Honestly, I'm just going to keep it real super fucking simple. Keep my name out your mouth. Just period. And if I find out, it's going to be a motherfucking problem, bitch. Thank you so much. I love you so much. I do have this. Here's the thing. Um... <laughs> Talking on me, talking about me, spreading news information, true or not. Um, don't. That's my business. Um, and also, especially if you no longer work. This this happened, first of all, at work. So if you don't work where I work, don't bring your ass back and start spreading rumors about me for the fuck of it. I know you like to watch the world burn, but listen, I'm already dark and tan enough. 
I don't need any extra crispiness, okay? Thank you so much. Mind your business. Just like you mind all them wigs, mind your business. Not the wig. That's it. <laughs> Well, all right. And I said what I said. Well, like I said, bitch, don't make me show up. Because he's not going to hit a woman. I will. I won't hit a woman first. That too. Let's be all the way clear. Um, I will not start in. I will not start an altercation. If you swing on me, I'm going to stop you from swinging on me. Okay. Right. As he cuts into his meat. We're multitasking. <laughs> yes, we are. And there's nothing wrong with a little multitask, okay? All right. But, uh, okay. Dating while under the influence. And what does that mean exactly? It's still the month of May. It is still very much mental health. Awareness month. And while, yes, I am a therapist in real life, this is probably the only time that I'm going to be like, bitch, you're going to get all of this therapy content, okay? <laughs> um, so, essentially, guys, um, what does that mean to you to be dating under the influence. Under the influence of what, Jerry? Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to cut to the chase. Dating people who either have mental health diagnoses or are needing medication management for additional assistance with their mental health. I don't like to call them issues because then it, it's seems to give the stigma of if you go to a therapist, like something's wrong with you, not necessarily you need encouragement and a safe space for discovery of how your brain operates. Mm -hmm. I don't think those are issues. I think that's just acquiring a new way of thinking. So basically, how do you date knowing or Understanding yeah. your mental health, mm -hmm. as well as being able to date and deal with others with mental health, and some that may or may not have medication management. And do you have medication management? That seems like a lot. So let's start with the basics. How do you know about your mental health and how does that affect your relationships with everyone around you, not just your romantic partners. So I can definitely speak on because of the fact of having like BPD and having. Okay, let's stop. Um, so tell the people what BPD is for you. BPD for me is um, borderline personality disorder. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Now, you follow us before we named it bipolar disorder, however, comma, it has now been specified to 
borderline personality disorder. And I'm going to let you tell how that works for you. So because emotions can be unregulated with having BPD, it is, um, it's common for people who have BPD to develop what's called a favorite person. And it is a dysregulated um, version of someone um, that, that you, you know, you have, you know, a tie to, and that can often be a partner. A lot of times what happens with this dysregulated version or idea that we have or that someone with BPD will have with this person is that every action is is taken as extremely personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have this thing uh, that's called splitting. So anytime where the, your favorite person acts outside of or in a way that directly makes you upset or uncomfortable or makes you unhappy or even threatens your level of security as a person with BPD, you have a dysregulated uh, reaction to, to that kind of conflict. Relationships have conflict. You have to figure out how to work through those kind of conflicts. I cannot immediately just switch to, I hate that person now because, uh, and, but that's what my mental illness wants to do. It wants to turn, well, this person heard me, so therefore that person is a bad person. And that's not necessarily the case, especially when you are dating romantically. Okay. <coughs> Jesus. <coughs> I inhaled too quick. <clears throat> You're not supposed to do that. So. So, the question is, how does that made your, how is that either helped, hindered, or how does that show up in your relationships with other people? Um, for one thing, I try not to develop a favorite person, but it's very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then oftentimes you have to learn how to allow people to be human because this idealized version that I have of uh, of someone in my head is not necessarily true. And I have to kind of fact check in a way like this person is allowed to have faults. Right. Also, so where. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, also, with BPD, there's a often like a fear of abandonment is a big thing. <laughs> Being alone is a big issue. I can't just cling to my partner, so I have to learn how to like be okay alone. Okay. All right. Um... What about you? I, you know, I don't see myself as neurotypical, but I definitely um, don't have any of the like intense uh, mental disorders per se. Um, Intent? Intense. Oh, intense, because it's not like yeah. intense. I was like intense. That's intense. Intense. Um, intense. So um, I am often the sort of 
stable one, if that makes sense. Really? Which, yeah. yeah. I can see it. I'm not yeah. disputing that. Yeah. Um, so, one, you gotta, you gotta train your patients. Not just for them, but for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you gotta, you gotta know to give people grace, especially if you know that they are dealing with, you know, uh, if they need uh, mental health assistance. I'll mm-hmm. say, like, say they're not medicated. Like, you you need to know that sometimes things might get a little volatile things can get a little scary um, and you need to know that all you can do is is be there and support them because like it's their journey you're just with them for the ride right yeah but i think the the i think what i'm more so asking right now is like how does your mental health show up and how does how does it affect your relationships with everybody around you? I mean, I started with a, typically the stable one, so. Yeah, but you know, not everything is. But when you're not stable, how does that show up? Like, that's not, you said typically, so. Generally. Are you talking about how our mental illnesses affected our relationships? No, like I, mental illness. I didn't say mental illness. I said, what do you know about your mental health and your mental, and how does that show up for you in your relationship with everybody? I ain't said mine. That's a lot of questions. Huh? That's a lot of abstract questions. Hold on. Right. I'm typically, I am typically disconnected. Regularly, that's how my mental health. Uh, I have feelings mostly. Uh, I mean, I do. Like, I know that they're there, um, and when they're the big feelings, I feel them a lot. Um, but there's also, you know, the the shut off valve because I got work to do. So. Okay. I so. understand that. Uh, I think a lot of times, whenever I am like going, I feel like that if their things are going bad, I will just switch automatically and autopilot. Yep. And everybody gets an autopilot version of me. Apparently. I have recently learned mm-hmm. that I disassociate quite a bit. Say. You don't say. Shut the phone door. I disassociate quite a bit, because, and I cannot tell you what happened in that moment. I don't know. And sometimes it can last a few hours. Some days it can last days, weeks, months. I just do. How 
ever I feel like I got good at disassociating from myself and not necessarily everybody else. So everybody else still got what they needed or maybe they didn't get what they needed. I don't know. No one's told me any different. But I kind of just, I'm physically there. Mm-hmm. I'm probably participating and doing all the things. So, you know. Yeah. You have little processes for what it is that you're doing. You have disconnected from your own internals. Because, like, that's a lot to process, and I just don't have the time. I got shit to do. Today. Yeah. It's not that, it's not over the small stuff, though. Like, and I'm not saying that you do. I'm just saying for me, it's not like, okay, well, I had an argument with somebody or uh, somebody mm-hmm. said something that pissed me off or something like that. Like, it has to be, like, big things consistently mm-hmm. happen- happening at one time. Mm-hmm. Like, losing somebody or things are going wrong or stuff or it's like a snowball. Like mm-hmm. one, one big happen, one big thing happens, then it's just like everything else want to trickle off behind it. I'm like, bitch, you got to relax. Right. You chill out. And I realized that like, I don't have anxiety. I'm not a person that has depression, but I have dark ass moments that can last a little bit. But it's not a consistent thing. I'm not a person that just sits there and uh, shuts down or, well, I shut down sometimes, depending on what it is. But it's not something that's consistent to where I can be diagnosed with a particular thing. Right. Um, however, karma. But also because 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 of how I was raised and because of the because of the people that raised us, I took on the terrible habit of one not only being a half nigga, but two, I don't have a in the middle. I don't, I don't, especially now, I don't have it in the middle. You're either going to get all of my vulnerability or you get none of it. You don't get, you don't get, I don't have that, that, um, valve cover that'll just, you know, let me mm-hmm. pick and choose. I there's don't no have regulator. it. It's, 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 there's none. And that's, that's scary for me now because I don't know this new part of it. I need, I want my valve cover back. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get it. But that's what I want. Um, and I think, and as a therapist, I've I've noticed, especially now mm-hmm. in this climate, everybody is dysregulated yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. People, the world ended a few years ago. Huh? The world ended like three years ago. <laughs> We're just living in the aftermath, babe. Like I... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think um, 
but I, I think with even with you guys and understanding because for whatever reason mm-hmm. in my friend circles I am considered the strong one. Chani is the is the one that's always in place, even mm-hmm. when she don't want to be. Mm-hmm. And you are the one that you have your moments of being the strong one, and then you have your moments of leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. There's there's no in between. Uh, I will show up for the big moments. Yeah. Like, if you ever need to talk. I got you, for sure. Like, just text, because I don't do that whole phone shit. Don't do that. <laughs> Not unless you really ask, and then I will absolutely answer the phone. But, like, if you call me crying in the middle of the night, I'm coming. Every single time, so. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I think this is, I think this is definitely, like, a good conversation, because I think the misconception is that no, everyone, there's people that don't have mental health issues. I'm using issues very lightly. Mm-hmm. But everybody struggles with something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are all things that you could go, yes. There's things that you need to unlearn when it comes to dealing with people. And there's do no- you need intense therapy? No. There's no way to like live life and not encounter its complexities. Correct. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And I think the complexities are what make you the person you are. Because mm-hmm. there's some people that cannot handle conflict for whatever reason. Conflict don't exist in their world. They create the fucking conflict, but the conflict don't exist in their world. And to me, it's confusing because I'm like, bitch, you're the one that caused all this shit, and now you don't want to fix it? That's just that's somebody who was raised not to face the consequences for their actions. That's not always the case either, though. That's what makes it weird and complex because there are some people who were raised and taught to deal with situations and take accountability, but then they're just like, I can't do no wrong. I ain't do nothing, especially most, mm, we're not going to go there, but okay. So you... So, Cheney, for you, what makes it difficult about your BPD that makes... Say that again. With you having BPD, you living with it. Um, What's the hardest thing you felt you've had to unlearn? Um, BPD, 
uh, the mania puts mm-hmm. you in a position of thinking that you can do no wrong. And it gives mm-hmm. you a sense of pride. And there's two things that you have to learn with BPD is that one, that you will end up some at some point making mistakes and it's going to be because of your BPD. Mm-hmm. Number two, you have to come to terms with is that does not make you a bad person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really hard to do because you will you will go manic and you will think that you are God and that you could do no wrong and that you are in alignment and everything that you're doing is correct. And then when you come out of mania, you realize. That's not true at all. I made so many mistakes. Mm-hmm. And you are flip-flopping between this. And it's very easy to blame yourself and say that I did this. I ruined this. I ruined myself. And mm-hmm. with BPD, that kind of thinking, whether regardless, whether or not it's true or not, it's not helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's important to learn how to address when you were in the wrong. And that's, I think that's probably the biggest lesson I've had to learn with BPD is when I need to step back maybe from my mania and and see maybe when I'm in the wrong, but also not to not blame myself when I'm not in the wrong. I ain't going to do, I ain't going to be no therapist tonight, but today, but you know, we've we've had the, the offline ones about that one. Um You're not gonna call me out today, I get it. <laughs> you yeah. What'd you think? I said you've already done that once, you don't need to do it again. Yeah, I think I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, without being too being aware of the platform that we're, we're talking about and what we're on I'm not going to like talk about my client specifically um, but the running theme is the misunderstanding of one who they are and how they show up. And what I mean by that is, you've heard people tell me all my life I talk too much, or I'm obnoxious, Mm -hmm. or I'm sometimes too much. Mm -hmm. And then I go and I'm talking to people, I'm trying to have relationships with new people, and then I go regurgitate the same thing. Mm Not because I feel that I agree with that thing, but because I've heard it so much, I'm programmed to say it. Right. That's how people see me. So that's how I'm telling people I show up. Not you saying that. Hmm. You want to beat them to the punch? Not necessarily beat them to the punch, but I don't know nothing else. It's it's almost as if you believe it as fact. If you say something enough, you believe it. That's one of the reasons why I stopped calling myself annoying. I'm so glad you got that shit too. 
good. That used to annoy me that she used to say that shit. She's like, oh my gosh, that was so annoying. I'm so sorry. I was like, bitch, you're gonna shut the fuck up. I was apologizing. You're about to make yourself you're about to make yourself not a liar, so (laughs) (laughs) she's like, you know, you fade it off and then you keep doing it. Well, Mm -hmm. hey, maybe you're right. Um so I guess and I think for me, the the hard thing that I have to deal with is being a therapist and then dating. Because again, people, this is not this is not a line that you should use with a therapist. Don't tell me you need me as your therapist, bitch. I'm not gonna date you. <laughs> Don't because say why it. would you date a client? <laughs> why would you date a potential client? I would never. Why would you tell that to a, a therapist? They was like, "Oh, I I need to see you." I I I no, you don't, bitch. Then go find you a therapist. You right. want a therapist or you want a, you want a relationship? Which one you want? And basically, you saying that that this just not for me. You got a license, hey man. You can get some extra, get some extra cash flow. Here, here are my rates. And I'm not cheap. I'm at I'm my minimum is one fifteen. <laughs> for yeah, one hour, by the way. Sounds good and correct. So um I'm just saying and it's also harder because I can sense, see, and feel a lot. Mm-hmm. And I have dated people before with ways of mental health. And they know they need the help. And they know they need medication. And won't give it. And won't take it. And at that point, baby, I can't be with you. Because you are choosing not to want better for yourself. Right. Yeah. And so, because they was like, yeah, you know, I do my I do my meditation. And, you know, that's my therapy. And then... I go to work and make money. That's not, no, that's therapeutic, but that's not therapy. Two different things. Two different things. And that's my, that's, that's hard for me for dating because, or any relationship, period. Because there's some friends, I love you. I do. I'm not your therapist, though, boo. You gotta find you somebody. You know, I think one of the dangers of of someone who has, again, there's no other real better way to put it, someone who has mental illness or something like that, um, people think that they are prepared to date people who have mental illnesses mm-hmm. until the mental illness starts mental illnessing. Uh-huh. And then they realize, oh, bitch, you're... This is real. Oh, oh, for real. oh you were you oh, were serious about that. Oh, okay. I'm like you right. Like, like this wasn't the way I mm-hmm. and then that's when they uh, do not abandon people. Especially when you, you know they abandoned you. Oh ho ass bitch. But I'm just like be if you if you're going to say that you're going to if, if you're going to be there for someone. 
be fucking mental illness. Please understand that that is a huge responsibility. That is a that is a big thing to say to somebody, especially for someone who has a mental illness, for them to hear that you're gonna actually stay when the mental illness starts mental illnessing, that's a huge commitment. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess, I guess I, I'm done with questions for y'all. I got one, Jenny. Huh? How long, how many dates before you generally tell a partner you have BPD? Oh my God. Uh, it depends. If we just right. fuck it, I ain't telling you. There's no reason. Right, there's um, no point. Period. Yeah, because there's no deepness in that. I'm done. Uh, I mean, hope it's at least a little bit deeper. That was a sex pun for all of you that, that didn't good. get it. That was good. That was good. That's it good. was a really good yeah. one, too. But if we are dating, um, I'll be real with you. I talk about mental health, mental health and mental illness, like, right out the pocket. Good. I, um... I talk about, um, I bring up mental health, mental illness. I bring up uh, like, you know, bigger topics to, cause I'm not really gonna, I'm not, I want to do the whole playing the game thing. And later on, find out down the line that you're like, I hate therapists or I hate mm. therapy or I can't. well, shit. Well, right. unfortunately I'm a mental ill bitch and I'm on all kinds of medication, baby. Right. I'm hella medicated. I hate that. I hate people when they. I hate people. Well, I don't hate people, but I really be looking at people crazy when they be like, "Oh, you therapists are scammers," and uh, I'm gonna call him out because we had this conversation all the time. Justin Table. Um, one day we had a conversation. We were we weren't arguing. We were in an intense debate because it wasn't an argument. Like it wasn't what that was he was genuinely asking but it still sounded very ignorant um people don't see therapists as like they see doctors mm-hmm. and so they feel like therapy is just talking the entire time and that we're just in the room collecting the checks for y'all to talk to us on a couch doing nothing that's not how that works. And I'm like, that's not how any of that works. My four and a half, five years worth of training seems to differ. And don't let it be a person with a doctorate who spends another four or five years, including doing research and being published in journals of different types of things that's happening. That's looking like another eight to ten years mm-hmm. that we just sit there and do nothing. So yeah, I typically, you know, I, I, I don't date people who say shit like that. <laughs> For sure. And um, it takes a lot more strength to go to therapy than it does not to. Yeah. Um, real talk, uh, I have partners. Um, I'm good. So what really matters to me are the vibes. Mm-hmm. So if the vibes are off, I'm not going to engage. 
that is different when I know what the situation is, because then I can gauge the vibes properly. Um, so, like, I also enjoy when people are pretty, like, upfront about it. Like, hey, this is what I got going on. We Gucci. And then I'm wearing their, like, swimwear. But I also can understand not sharing it right away. Yeah. Because that is your personal journey. But, like, also don't be surprised if I, you know, react in a way to having this information, you know, given to me. It's a it's a toss-up. But anyway, uh, I'm all done. Are we ready? Any questions for me or we good? Okay. What you got? Okay, fine. I'll go first. I'll go first. So yet again, guys, um, I went on a rabbit hole on Amazon Music. And I got to get more music. Nice. Um, the one I'm going to go with what I'm gonna go with. Tell me if I said his name wrong. It's What You Wanna Try by Masego. I think, yeah, it's Masego. Masego. The sound, the vibe, the ears, the chef's kiss. Masego is uh, he's he's so attentive to music. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a new song that dropped this year. <laughs> It's a really great song. It's really good. It's so pretty. So who's next? Um, uh, it's Due for Love. Uh, specifically, hold on. The Snow Allegra version that oh. you just did. Yeah, Due for Love. Yeah. What I haven't is, heard that one in so long. It's very good. Yeah. What is happening to your phone? I was, I was trying to remember if I heard the version. My bad. Yeah, so it's what you want to do for love. Slow down. Yeah. Sultrified. It's mm-hmm. so good. Is that the one that's been going viral and people have been using it? On, um, Probably, uh, one of my one of my uh, YouTube channels, Steezy. Mm-hmm. They had uh, six composers, like three uh, three pairs of people choreographed mm-hmm. to that, and each one of them fucking slaps. It's so good. You know the sensuality in that song is just ah, it's beautiful. Anyway, Chanel. I'm going to 
go with Room in Here by Anderson Pack. Um, it's been a minute since I've listened to Anderson Pack in a minute in any way, and I, I, I don't know. I love this one. The, the, I love Room in Here because it, it kind of like it's a, an inviting space. Like it's a good song. I just like it. I like the smooth vibes of it. Mm. Oh yeah. All right, y'all. As you can tell, we are extremely tired and hungry. Um, so we kind of, you know, whatever. But this is definitely another episode of Code Switching Naturally. Um, like, comment, share, subscribe, tell a friend. Um, we are coming up on the last few episodes of the season, so um, you know. Tap in with us until the summertime, cause tell me happy birthday on my birthday. Tell happy birthday, cause this come out um, this come out like her birthday tomorrow. So if you see this, if you make it this far, actually I'm gonna clip this too. Tell her happy birthday, okay? (laughs) Don't forget her shit. We happy birthday because how you gonna be here? 28. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. We bad. I'm still a baby. Yes, you are. I am. Yep. You, you, you are the the cap on our line. You were the youngest. Yeah. So our line is between 28 and 33. My God, look at us, grown up, real bad. Mm-hmm. But all right, y'all. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Time to hurt. <laughs>